Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. So we don't really hear that much from our Secretary of Defense. He doesn't even tell us when he's going to the hospital for major surgery. But he is speaking out right now. And he believes a war between the NATO allies and Russia will become inevitable if Ukraine falls and Vladimir Putin is not stopped. All I can say is they're really ramping. They're just ramping it up. And I don't know anymore how I feel about it. Of course I don't want countries to invade other countries especially if they have superior militaries and they have large defense budgets like Russia versus Ukraine. But do we want to be dragged into a war with Russia? Regardless of what happens in the Ukraine. Because he was speaking, that Secretary Lloyd Austin, was speaking at a House Armed Services Committee yesterday. And he straight up said that he believes Putin will not stop and that Russia, if they win the war in Ukraine, will just keep on going. And that's, that's a given. Vladimir Putin has never denied that he wanted to put back together the entire Russian-Soviet bloc. And if you're a Baltic state, then you got to be worried that you might be next. And they know uh, Vladimir Putin. They know what he's capable of. And uh, that's what it is. So, so NATO gets into a fight with Russia, which means we get into a fight with Russia. Vladimir Putin is threatening all kinds of nukes with this Satan II missile. And I... Uh, I'm starting to get nervous. There's something about election years and military action that if you're as old as I am, you've seen it all before. You can take the focus off of, and I'm not saying that they're orchestrating this. I'm just saying that the focus will come off our domestic issues and it will go on any kind of military action that we might be forced into. We just saw a NATO strike force with 5,000 U.S. Navy's, uh, you know, men and women sailors and Marines, plus a flotilla of warships at a location that actually controls access to the Middle East, to North Africa, and Eurasia. And the transfer of command took place in the East Mediterranean, right next to Israel and Gaza, and also right next to the Russian Navy base in Syria. This transfer of authority constitutes a tangible 
transparent display of advanced capabilities in the maritime domain and the defensive commitment of the NATO alliance across Supreme Allied Commander Europe's area of responsibility. That was what the Navy spokesperson said. Meanwhile, you got all these think tanks weighing in. Everybody talking. I, I've seen it. I don't watch, as you know, much cable news, but this is a very scary time, an interesting time, and I always check in. Like it was a lot of fun checking in yesterday when you had the former president and the current president in the like split screen speaking at the border. But it was not so much fun this morning listening to General Keene and various other military experts, particularly the ones from the Institute for the Study of War, warning that, the, that Putin is preparing for a future large-scale war with NATO. They threaten Finland, and, you know, once you threaten one member of the alliance, you might as well go after whatever you want. This is just days after the president claimed that Russia was going to attack NATO, which, you know, Putin can say yay or nay or deny or agree. But I'm watching him carefully. I told you he did that two-and-a-half-hour rant in front of his parliament where he was talking about his nuclear power and how they're in a state of readiness and that he hopes Joe Biden wins the election. That should tell you everything you need to know. This is a man who has absolutely no morals. He's a sociopath, a psychopath. And Donald Trump was able to contain him, and not by military action, but it's the art of the deal, and you can make as much fun of it as you want. But for the four years that Donald Trump was the president, Vladimir Putin did not invade anybody. And now we're facing a potential war against Russia and NATO, which means against Russia and us. So there's some reason, unfortunately, that I am forced to watch some of the news. I'm just trying to stay abreast so I know what's really going on. The problem is, and I talked about this earlier in the week, I just don't believe them. I don't believe the media. I don't believe the politicians who love to stand in front of a camera. And forgive me, some of my favorite politicians, they're just too camera hungry. I don't need to hear from them every day in front of a camera. There was a congressman once in Florida that, you know, but he loved to be in front of the camera. Either you're working or you're po posing. Can't be doing both. And just because the news stations put their cameras on you, doesn't mean it's going to be a favorable story either. So I'm just, uh, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to believe, but I know something terrible is potentially going to happen. And I'm not sure we're prepared. I'm looking at our military, which now we're being told, well, we're going to make it a leaner, more specialized fighting force. We're going to use a lot of artificial intelligence, and unmanned military. Does that make you feel good? Because it doesn't comfort me at all. They're so worried about what pronouns they might use in the military that I don't think they're prepared. 
for a war against Russia? Definitely not. So there's a couple of things that people are really going to have to think about. When they walk into the voting booths or polls or tables, whatever it is that you happen to be, I, I think it should go back to paper ballots, but we talk about this enough and nothing ever changes. But I can tell you one thing. People are going to be thinking about illegal immigration and the impact it has had on this country and a potential war with Russia. And if that's what you're thinking about, if those are the two top issues for you, not to mention inflation, making your buying power in the grocery store and at the gas pump much harder, then the Democrats don't stand the chance in the real world. But how many people get their information from a media that doesn't even tell them this stuff. Oh, there's no big deal down at the border. Did you hear President Biden? It's really about climate change. And it's a mess that, that apparently he they feels Donald Trump left behind and the Republicans in Congress, well, they're responsible because they won't uh, you know, fund his stupid bill, which would have basically opened the door even wider than it's open now. And all I can hear in the background are these committees and these ridiculous lawsuits, these cases being levied against President Trump, who half the country, if not more, are now desperately hoping that he gets back into the White House. They're scared. We should be scared. Because there's a whole lot of dangerous characters out there and they're not scared of us anymore. They're really not. Can you blame them? Fane sent me a, a meme or a, a link to something that was on Instagram today. And it shows the White House. And it calls it the uh, Senior Living Center. And then has footage of a senior by the name of Joe Biden. You know, wandering around the Rose Garden. Now, we're not the only people looking at that. The leaders of all these superpowers are looking at it. Even the leaders of lesser powers are looking at it and they're thinking to themselves, we're not going to get any help. If something happens, we're basically on our own. So maybe we better have alliances with Russia or China. These are really, really, really challenging times. But if you're a person like me who thinks that we need four years of Donald Trump. I'm not going to argue with anybody about his personality. I'm not going to argue about, well, what if he's convicted? None of that stuff really matters. I'm really concerned that we won't have a future to debate if we don't take back our position as the number one superpower in the world. Not on paper, but in reality. Without having to lose a lot of lives. So we'll see, I, I, you know, I, I, can, uh, I can only account for my vote, but this year, just like four years ago, I'm not gonna miss the opportunity to take people to the polls, and I am going to argue the case for Donald Trump. And if it's Trump versus Biden, although that seems really, maybe not highly unlikely, but fairly unlikely, then I can make the case. And if they reach it, yesterday, the funniest moment, you have to admit, and then I'll take a break. The funniest moment was Donald Trump is addressing the media 
and he says, you know, and the, and then the guy over there in California, uh, Governor Newscom, and I like lost it. Everybody had to laugh at that. He just can be so clever with those names, and they'll stick. Poor crooked Hillary. He said she was irrelevant that he took back crooked and gave it to Joe Biden because she wasn't relevant anymore. Imagine this woman who everybody thought was gonna be the president of the United States is now irrelevant. My, my, my. Don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app on your cell phone or on your laptop. That way you can access all of our contests and you can of course hear all the podcasts whenever you feel like it in case you miss a show or you wanna hear my No Restraint or the Unidentified Alien podcast. We're going to be coming out strong with podcasts uh, starting shortly. So you want to make sure that you have the app. Let me take a quick break and I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So everybody can, you know, play the guessing game. And, you know, yesterday I was watching Marianne, whatever her name is, Marianne Faithful, I was going to say. Shows I'm a real creature of the 50s and 60s. Now, Marianne Williamson, the uh, New Age guru that was, that suspended her campaign. She was running in the Democratic primary. She suspended her campaign and then... Yesterday, she unsuspended her campaign, which, as I pointed out yesterday, I don't even know if that's a word, but hallelujah, more, the more the merrier. But that tells you how much weakness is perceived in the candidate. In, there's no weakness perceived in Donald Trump as the candidate. There's hatred, <laughs> I mean, that we know. Even members of the Republican Party hate him with a passion. I get it. You know, Nikki Haley can barely contain herself when she talks about him. But by and large, the party has already made up its mind. We got, we got to go with Donald Trump and we got to get Joe Biden out of there. But the Democrats are not so sure. And who can blame them? Just watching the two guys yesterday. I didn't watch it on a split screen because I think they were staggered. Uh, Trump spoke first and then they covered, or at least that's how I watched it. And I kept flipping back and forth. I went to CNN, which was Jake Tapper. And I went to Fox, which was whoever that was. I don't know. It was a bunch of people. And while there was way more coverage of Donald Trump on Fox than there was on CNN, there was plenty on CNN. And there was a lot of commentary by the panel and by Jake Tapper. And it really wasn't complimentary towards Joe Biden. It was definitely negative towards Donald Trump, but we expect that. What we don't expect is to see them going after Joe Biden, but they did. And for Marion Williamson to unsuspend her, uh, her campaign and get back in the race tells you that there's a lot of discontent. And I don't know where that ends up because they cannot afford 
to change if they don't get it straightened out at the convention they really cannot afford to go into the election with a fragile candidate who doesn't have the support of the party. He has needed the support and the backing of not just the party, but of the media just to get over. So trust me, there's got to be some serious conversations happening in the DNC. And one would hope in his home, one would think that perhaps his family might help him to make a decision that would prevent embarrassment for this man. Look, I have no love at all, none, for Joe Biden or any member of his family. However, unlike Democrats, I don't revel in watching someone go through terrible situations. I don't. You know, now the new thing is they're saying that if, if there is um, a relapse, if Hunter Biden relapses and goes back on drugs, it's our fault. It's the Republicans and the conservatives and the media. It's their fault. They pushed him into relapse, which shows me they don't know much about addiction, that's for sure, because nobody's pushing him anywhere. He has every opportunity and all the money that he needs to get the kind of help that he needs. And as far as I know, he has. And he's been sober for some time now. He's talking about how, you know, I got to stay sober or the country will fall. <laughs> These people are so overly dramatic. Nothing will destroy this country except us, the people. If we're not conscious about the decisions that we make in the upcoming election, well, then we'll be responsible. If we believe everything that we read or see on television, then we'll be responsible. We have to be discerning. We have to apply our common sense to a lot of the subject matter that's gonna be fundamental for this election. What's happening at the border? If you looked at the scenes yesterday, and by the way, I did have a brilliant idea watching it. Who do you think would make the best Secretary of Homeland Security? It's gotta be Greg Abbott, right? I mean, he slides into that position and just duplicates what he's done in Texas, everywhere. And we will have a secure border, that's for sure. Not only that, but he's an administrator. He's a guy who has run a very big state very well. I think he'd be a great, I can, I've been sort of setting up the cabinet in my head all this last couple of weeks, because I called this election months ago. I said Donald Trump will get the nomination early and by Super Tuesday or at, on Super Tuesday. I said, and then if they're smart, they will coalesce behind him and people will get elected who actually understand that they have four years in which to get an enormous amount of things done. They have to have a majority in the House that's grown, got to be bigger, and they need a majority in the Senate. And I'm setting up the cabinet. That's how confident I am. You know, I got Mike Huckabee as VP. <laughs> I'm just setting it up. I, it's, why not? I'm sure that uh, none of my picks, except for maybe Greg Abbott, 
or even in, you know, the Donald's mind, but that's okay. It keeps me occupied when I would be frustrated and scared that Russia was about to, you know, start a nuclear war with NATO and us. So it's easier if I think about Donald Trump's cabinet, cabinet. And I think maybe you should think about it too. And maybe we'll do like a, a contest or something where you can email me your suggestions for the top positions. By the way, President Trump has said that he will eliminate the Department of Education. Now, everybody promises that. And then nobody does it. But we have a shot this time because Betsy DeVos, who was the Secretary of Education in the first Trump administration, she thinks it should be abolished. So maybe there are enough people around him now that he trusts who understand that education should be handled as close to the school as possible, in the county, in the city, in the state. But Washington, D.C. has no business trying to mandate or dictate how schools operate in these individual parts of the country. You don't need to know the time of uh, you know harvest in New York City or New York State, but you do in Missouri. There are things that are just some common sense. So we start applying common sense. Get rid of the Department of Energy. What is that? What is the, the Department of Transportation, really? I don't even know if Pete Buttigieg has done anything at all. What does he do? Go into an office every day and sit there and twiddle his thumbs? What are we talking about? What is that Department of Transportation about? The, the airlines were a disaster during COVID. The airlines remain a disaster. Now the FAA is insisting, oh, we need some remedies. You know, Boeing is going to have to do this and airlines are going to have to do that. Whoa, whoa. Who just woke up? Was that Pete Buttigieg who suddenly woke up and said, hey, maybe before the next election, I, I should do something? I don't know. We don't need an... Uh, a transportation secretary. We just don't. We don't need a labor secretary. We don't need these people. They muck up everything. The EPA, get rid of it. Nobody wants to destroy the environment. But we need to be realistic about what we're going to do going forward. We need power. Can't have a bunch of lunatics that have been there for 20, 30 years, deeply entrenched in the proverbial swamp, making decisions based on like what the uh, climatology uh, of the day, what they think we should do. Oh, it would be so nice if we all had electric cars. Can we stop with that already? I mean, come on. The, the only people I know who have electric cars are in California. I rest my case. All right, let me take a quick break. You stay right where you are. We'll be talking to Derek at the, uh, not this next segment, but on the one after that. I like to finish up the week with something a little lighter. So we will do that. But I uh, I, I want to talk about the, the scene at the border a little more. So I'll do that when we come back. Stay right where you are. The influx of migrants at the southern border is going to change our election. And I know everybody's going to say, well, but they can't vote. And while that might technically be true, I don't know about that. I think we have a corrupted system. I think that there's too many ways to infiltrate an electronic voting system. And if you got enough warm bodies, 
I think it's much easier than people might suspect, or certainly it was proven to be much easier by a number of investigative journalists, including Dinesh D'Souza. So I'm not that confident. But I'm reading how Moscow is literally flooding the West, and that's not just us. That's uh, Great Britain and France. And what Putin is doing, because he plays the long game, is he's making it easier for, let's say, uh, former militias in Libya to migrate. If you can control the migrant routes into Europe, then you can effectively control elections because you can restrict or flood a certain area with migrants in order to influence public opinion at a very crucial time because migration is set to be a key issue, not just in our general election, but in the UK, where uh, Rishi Sunak, who is the uh, prime minister now, he's struggling. He can't seem to get a, a bill passed that would deport illegal migrants to Rwanda. And he's trying to stop these boats that are coming across the channel from Africa. In 2023, they had like 53,000 illegal migrants recorded uh, entering the UK, which was up almost 20% from the previous year. We're not the only ones fighting this battle. And that's why I say Putin is a maniac. He's a sociopath. And he understands that the number of people that were granted asylum in Britain hit a record high in 2023 because they didn't know what to do. So they were waving through thousands of applications so that they didn't have a backlog. Now, remember, pandemic changed everything. So the post-pandemic backlog affected Europe as well. There was a surge. I was looking at some footage yesterday that um, these small boats, people smuggled in across the channel because it's it's an easy way for these pirates to make money. Russia using migration as a lever in this huge game of influence and pressure should scare everybody. There's a lot of tensions right now between Russia and the West. And Putin, as I told you, he ranted and raved in that uh, nation State of the Nation speech the other day that he will use nuclear weapons if NATO countries send troops into Ukraine. So we're basically at a stalemate, cross this line, and this is what you get. And unlike democratic leaders of our country who say, well, this is the red line, and then the enemy crosses the red line, and our leaders go, well, let me move the red line. Putin doesn't do that. You cross his red line, NATO sends troops into the Ukraine. I already heard Macron talking about it, so he's not talking about it in a vacuum. Then you're going to have a face-off, and you have a face-off between NATO and a nuclear Russia. Don't forget that. Mercenaries like the Wagner Group, they've been doing this. He might have done in their leader, but he likes the idea that they fuel migration, they make it all uh, inst unstable or in a lot of instability in Africa, in parts of Africa, which is under their control. 
So they physically move migrants to the borders and then they support the smugglers. This is all deliberate. You, you know, the UK's adversaries weaponized the flow of people into Europe, just like I believe our enemies are weaponizing the flow of migrants into our country. And Russia is behind a lot of it. Russia's plan to set up a Libyan militia it kind of fell through, but that's what they want to do. Hundreds of thousands of Wagner mercenaries have been fighting in Libya's civil war since at least 2019. They fight under uh, the Russian ally, the general, and the group has a, has a very powerful stronghold in that region. The Italian deputy prime minister has said that Rome has intelligence that the mercenaries are very active and in contact with trafficking gangs and militia interested in migrant smuggling. So I'm just asking you to consider the fact that Vladimir Putin already declared war, but it's a hybrid kind of warfare. And he is flooding the West or allowing the West to be flooded with migrants. He's supporting terrorist regimes, not just in the Middle East, but in Africa. And we're watching the people coming into these countries, the people coming into our country. Do you see women and children? I was just, when President Trump was down at the border yesterday, I think the statistic that one of them said was that women and children account for about 25% of the total. That means 75% are military-aged men coming into our country. Now, if that doesn't concern you, I would like some of the, uh, the drugs that you're taking because it certainly concerns me. And it's beginning to concern uh, the people in France, in Italy, and in the UK, as it should. My question is, have we waited too long? Is it too late to turn some of these things around? We shall see. And again, if you were watching the two presidents yesterday, the former president, Donald Trump, and the current president, Joe Biden, on their trips to the southern border, obviously, there's no way that you could think that Joe Biden can handle this or even has a clue how to handle this. And on the other hand, we know Donald Trump can handle it. And he doesn't care what anybody says about him as he handles it. Remain in Mexico? It's a good idea. All right. Don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Pags and Lars Larson. And then we're full out into the weekend. Uh, the Rib Roundup is going to be taking place this weekend at the um, Amphitheater in West Palm. If you don't have tickets, maybe you can still get tickets. A lot of people won tickets. You're going to have a fabulous time, not just great country music. You get to meet all the celebrities, including Sharina. So get on out to the Rib Roundup. I'm going to take a break, and when I come back, I'll be talking to Derek from TMZ.
They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood as only the Kaufman family can bring it. As only the Kaufman family can bring it. I'll tell you, some of these stories that come out on TMZ are almost unbelievable. But Derek says that everything is vetted carefully. So it's kind of fun to look at, well, any member of the Baldwin family doing anything crazy. How you doing, kid? I'm doing great. It's been a, quite a busy Friday and a lot of like a mix of different types of stories, some some serious. We've even covered, you know, Alexei Navalny's, you know, funeral and, and the outpouring in Russia for his funeral around the block lines and then things like uh, a Baldwin throwing a feminine product. So Yeah, what, what happened? I mean, you actually got video of her behaving badly and I can't even, what's her name? She's Haley Bieber's sister, right? So she's... Yeah, so this is Haley Bieber's sister, Aliyah. Baldwin. Um, And, you know, the allegation is that she was using an employee restroom in a Savannah, Georgia bar, where, you know, beforehand she was said that she might have attacked some people. These are all allegations at this point, but she was arrested. And when she was in this bathroom and trying to be escorted out of it, we're told that she got into it with the bar security and the staff. And at some point, Threw a used tampon <laughs> at, oh, at somebody, geez. which is absolutely over the line and pretty gross. Yeah. And and you actually had a live interview with the bartender, right? That's exactly right. So we talked to the bartender on TMZ Live who described this incident. And the way she described it was kind of a blow-by-blow of what she says happened. And we'll have to see how this all plays out when Aliyah uh, says her side of things. But... She describes, uh, you know, just a nasty event where this was this was thrown and how disgusting it was. And you can see she's just outraged by the behavior. And she did say she plans to seek some legal justice over this, maybe even filing a lawsuit. Yeah, well, listen, she probably also sees dollar signs because uh, the Baldwins have had to make some pay, pay, payouts over the years. But I just it's so confusing to me how these young version of these family members get so crazy and so much why is it always on video do you guys like just they put it on your website they send it to you well here's the thing everything is on video these days you know you carry around a very very powerful you know video camera in your pocket and people take it out whenever they see something going crazy. Um, and things happen in the world that a lot more of it is captured. I think of it when how many of these on-flight uh, or in-flight uh, plane videos of people going insane on flights, they probably existed to some extent in the past, but now everyone in their neighboring chair is just like, oh, got to put this on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> so this is now just the world we live in. Everyone records everything. I remember I, I interviewed uh, many years ago prior to his untimely death, uh, Andrew Breitbart. And he told me at the time, you know, because I said, well, are you going to have, are you going to hire like a lot of uh, journalists, a lot of uh, people on your staff? Because he was starting Breitbart. And he said, no, I don't have to. Every single person has the ability to report and send me live streams or video of events. So I don't have to pay them for that. 
And I was oh, thinking, that's exactly right. And people yeah. love to share information. That's the, the the social media revolution. The genius behind it is that people want to put this stuff out there. It helps give them some clout. It helps give them influence. And everyone is a sort of amateur journalist these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the new movie, I, I don't know if I will go to see The Crow, but apparently already the remake has controversy. Yeah, The Crow, obviously, the original um, Crow ended in tragedy. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, this is a very famous incident in Hollywood folklore, you know, or not folklore, I wouldn't say. In 1994, uh, you know, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, was shot on the set accidentally. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually covered this on my podcast last days. It's a truly crazy story. Um, And now they're they're making a remake. um, And one of the old characters from the original movie is worried about Bill Skarsgård portraying Brandon Lee's character. You know, they're saying this this doesn't really resemble anything about the movie we were trying to make. It looks like they're maybe trying to cash in on the sort of mythology about the crow and how it was shrouded in all of this mystery and, and scandal. And it's kind of gross to some people. Well, and he looks, the character, the lead character, looks kind of like the Joker a la, you know, another tragic story. The, the makeup, the hair, all of it. Yeah, you know, this this woman's name is Rochelle. She played Sarah in the original one, and she's not bashing, you know, Bill Skarsgård, who's a very talented actor and has a great career going, but she just hates the way he looks, sort of dingy and dirty and grungy. That's not really what she thinks The Crow was about, and this version, she's just not on board with it. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Let's talk something mild, some love stories. Like, who are the hot couples in Hollywood these days? Well, I mean, one potential new couple is uh, Joe Jonas, who seems to have moved on um, from Sophie Turner. He was on a yacht with a woman named Stormy Bree, who is an ex-Miss Teen USA winner. She's absolutely gorgeous. He's paddleboarding around with her in Sydney Harbor. And he looks pretty happy. I mean, she, she's, she's, she's a looker. And obviously, Sophie was beautiful. They started a family together, but it ended in a pretty nasty divorce, at least initially, although, although things have settled down recently a bit. Um, but, he, you know, the Jonas Brothers are big, big stars, and I had no doubt that he'd, he'd find his way to a new beauty. Yeah. And what happened in the new Wonka live thing that they tried to pull off? Apparently, it didn't go very well, and I thought of my poor granddaughter, the 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 latest Oompa Loompa in our family. What if she got stuck in that Willie's chocolate experience? My goodness. Well, thankfully, this one was across the pond. This was in the U.K., and what a disaster. I mean, people are calling it Wonka Fest after Fire Fest <laughs> um, because the way they promoted this thing, like a land of enchantment and wonder, and obviously the original movie and even the remakes, when you step into some of those fields of chocolate, it's just lush and overwhelming to the senses. And when you went into this abandoned factory and they had a few uh, things hanging on the wall and a lot of blank space and an Oompa Loompa who looked like she wanted to kill herself, it's really not as magical for the children. And, and the parents got upset. It was 35 bucks, I think, to get into this thing. And you got, I think, three jelly beans and a quarter cup of lemonade. Oh, so gosh. they've ter- certainly taken some flack about it. I'll bet. And finally, Rihanna does parties like we have to prepare ourselves for your kids like, you know, the quinceanera or bat mitzvah or something. Can we get Rihanna to come? 
Oh man, I'm not keeping up with the Indian billionaire son who is who has hired Rihanna to perform at his at his wedding, and she arrived with so much stuff. There's pallets and pallets. It's going to be a grand spectacle. And look, I think I think another relative is of his had Beyonce, and how do you follow that up? I mean, you get Rihanna. Rihanna. I mean, it's yeah. basically one and one A in terms of the top celebrities in the world, and it's going to be quite a lavish celebration. Apparently, costing upwards of 150 million dollars. So, oh, sorry, gosh. Nixie, uh, you might get to. Maybe I'll rent out a ballroom, but I don't think I can get you Rihanna. No, probably not. But I remember when Rush got married, Rush Limbaugh, um, he had Elton John at his wedding. Yeah, so I mean, people... Rush, was a, Rush was very, very successful. I, yeah. I'm, just a, I, I'm but a lawyer at TMZ. Come on, I'm going to need some help. <laughs> I got the butt, butt mitts, but don't worry. All right, Derek, okay. th- thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. That Wendy Williams uh, thing on t- whatever on television... We couldn't watch it. We just couldn't watch it. Derek, I was going to tell Derek, and my husband and I, it was so disturbing that we had to turn it off. This poor woman. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that does it for me this week. I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here on Monday at 3 p.m., if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember that what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself because everybody else is taken. And then have a wonderful time. Everybody head out to Rib Roundup round up at the uh, arena. You'll have a great time and eat some good ribs and hear some great country music. Say hi to Sharina if you go. God bless you and God bless the USA. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.